This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM. So um, when you go to some of these conferences or you look around, are you seeing some like trends? I mean, we is there anything you can talk about, like what you see are the new trends now? I mean, there's been, I know there's been a lot of personalization, privacy, those kinds of issues, like you said, have been around for a while. Are there new things that we're thinking about now that, you know, because it seems like the space changes so quickly? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think that, um, you know, the one thing that is the big potential wrench in all of these personalization efforts is, of course, um, the GDPR and um, all of right. the, the mm-hmm. concerns around um, especially big technology companies using and, and abusing some of our data. Um, that, that's, that's definitely there and that's looming. Um, with respect, though, to, you know, kind of everything that you were talking about, customer-centric personalization, I think that that's still very much, um, you know, just blue ocean and, you know, kind of all of that opportunity to, to invent something new and exciting for, for customers. Um, and, you know, some of it can be, can be digital and scalable. Um, you, you know, I mean, there are, there are, you know, everything from virtual reality tools to augmented reality can help deliver part of what could be that personalization experience in the future. Um, but it's still, like I said, it's still really early days. The technology is still a little kludgy. You want to talk about virtual reality. Some of the issues with that are that um, the devices still aren't quite um, at the level of maturity that would make that much sense. And, you know, often it would need to be the retailer investing in some devices in their physical store um, because it's not like it is a device that most consumers even have yet. Um, but uh, but there, there are opportunities that, um, that no doubt, Will will completely transform how we think about it in the next decade. Well, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking. I've seen some of these predictions now. You know, you're saying the it's not there. The technology's not there yet, and it just made me think about even e-commerce and stuff. E-commerce was growing, and I guess it's still growing like incredibly at a, a big rapid rate. But now people are saying it's starting to flatten out, and there is you know people aren't going to buy online as much as they used to. Maybe they're not going to be using this technology. Someone's telling me that people are reading physical books again. <laughs> They're not reading digital books. Have you seen anything like that, that like some of this digital and technology predictions, they were overhyped and really it's not going to be quite what people were predicting? Do you have oh, a gosh, sense yeah. on that? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that what, where we see e-commerce now is that it's a half a trillion dollar industry now. Um, and that's not insignificant. Um, it is. Uh, it ends up being a low double-digit percent of sales. Um, and we need to step back and say, is that big? Is that small? Um, it is, you know, double-digit percent of sales is not trivial. Um, but at the same time, we've do, been doing this for, for a couple of decades. And um, the, the growth rate of e-commerce at this point is like maybe, you know, 12 to 13 percent year over year. That still really, really outpaces and is much faster growing than the offline sector. Um, but that 12 to 13% number is probably only going to go down over the next few years. From That's the growth rate. Um, so what that does mean is that we'll probably hit a trillion dollar 
years and the next few years in e-commerce, which is, again, that's a, that's a big number. Um, but the majority of sales still are going to be offline. Now, a lot of the reason for that is that there are some categories like grocery um, that are still very, very much um, offline categories, at least in the United States and even actually in much of the world. Um, and that's what keeps people going, continuing to go to the store. And then the other thing you have is that um, of the retailers that have shaken out, what's left are, it's a bit of Darwinism, right? It's, it's you know, kind of retail Darwinism where the strongest survive. And, yeah. you know, this, yeah, right? I mean, it's the ones that either have good experiences or have given customers a reason to, to be there. So, um, so I do agree that, you know, kind of uh, it's, it's, we're a little past the heyday, um, but e-commerce is still very much growing. And, um, you, you know, it's, it's, it's still something, it's still a, a sector that I would double down on. But it is interesting what you're saying about Darwinism. You know, as I've been studying it and stuff, it's it's like Amazon, Walmart, Target, Costco. Mm-hmm. You know, it, they're just eating everybody else. If they're not eating them, they're buying them. You know, so uh, <laughs> right, right. But you know, there are always there are good stores that you know still continue to grow and resonate. I mean, the example I always like to use is is Trader Joe's. Trader I Joe's. know Trader Joe's is unbelievable. It makes no sense that that store is still around and right. so. Yeah. Digital. They don't even have like an automated. Oh, they're crazy. <laughs> the customer experience there is awful. You have to wait online. They never have what you want. And people exactly. are so patient in that store. No, I totally I agree. love it. That store makes absolutely no sense. That's where I go on <laughs> Sunday mornings. <laughs> no sense. That That's true. Everything else is very logical. And I'm glad we have good analysts working on the Trader Joe's. Nonsense. There's no e-commerce at all. They're just right. they're crazy. It's all a lot of it is unique private label items and um, yeah, discovery. And, and, it's about and, discovery, and exactly. Discovery and um, you know relatively inexpensive prices. So I think that that's their their model. So Trita, um, going back to the high tech stuff, I'm still you know my my gears are turning on on augmented reality in retail. Um, what are you said? The technology is not ready yet, but what are people thinking about with augmented reality in retail? Oh, it's, um, it's all I can think about is like playing Pokemon Go in the Target. But what would <laughs> what would it actually look like? And and pretty much that's where it kind of peaked. Um, <laughs> um, but but the the idea, the hope for augmented. I mean, the Sephora app really is, yeah, is augmented good. reality. Oh, right? tell me it's, more it's about it. I don't know about it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, you can try on everything from nail So you can try colors before you actually put them you on your skin. You don't have to put them on. You can look in the mirror and it'll come up on. They have some you should and go to And this is something support. you do on your phone? You can we can it, you can do it in the store though. They have really good stuff there and you can try it on there and they're they're really good with technology. Um, so there are some other, um, so there's a company called Third Love, oh, which yeah. um, does the digital measurement of a woman's body um, for, um, or of a person's body for, 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 for brassieres. So and, like you take um, a and, selfie at home and send it yeah, to them exactly. and then they, take, they figure exactly. out digitally your what measurement. your measurements are? Exactly, exactly. So there's a lot of talk about using, um, you know, kind of doing virtual try-ons with a mobile phone, um, doing things like virtually trying on jewelry, like what a diamond ring would look like on your finger. Um, There has also been talk about being able to look, quote, inside a box. Um, So I think Lego did this um, 
at one point in time where you would um, take the camera of the phone and it would read um, the um, it would read a barcode and you could actually see the inside of the box without opening the box. Mm, um, so, cool. so those are some of the use cases. That, what about that navigation? Like I think about when I'm in a big store like a Costco, could could augmented reality help me find what I'm looking yeah. for? Yeah. I, that actually would probably be one of the most useful applications. <laughs> um, I haven't, I actually haven't seen um, AR used for mapping in a retail um, context. Um, we have just kind of other blue dot solutions where there's like a map and, um, you know, kind of tells you where you may be and where, what you're looking for is. Yeah, but I could um, see AR being used to like show me bright signs over products that are very good for me that yeah, they yeah, know based absolutely. on my history with them that I'm interested in baby stuff so they they help me see things that are cute baby stuff or or yeah. some other cross category thing that you know the store is organized the baby stuff is here but maybe there's something else like I really like things that are yellow and it helps me find things that are yellow yeah, I think that that's where the use cases are limitless. I mean, imagine going to a grocery store and um, taking your phone, and it can tell you by looking at the shelf what's gluten-free or mm. what's vegan. That or, yeah, really that would be useful. very helpful. Or yeah, even just healthy are... choices. Or Yeah, exactly. All of that. Oh, Fascinating. Yeah, it'll be amazing to see how things evolve um, because that type of personalization, um, it just hasn't really been built. I mean, there are, you know, a few assorted case studies that you may see here or there, or you may run into, you know, a YouTube video that is, you know, kind of some futuristic vision from IBM. Um, But, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's been built or it's been deployed or that, you know, any consumers are actually using it. Um, but, uh, But that's the exciting part of, of, you know, personalization is that, you know, kind of what it really could be is, is quite amazing. And right now I would argue that we're at personalization, maybe, um, you know, V.1. Yeah. Mm. Sounds like there's a lot of, so another thing that was just announced recently was uh, Walmart announced they're going to, you know, let people go into your home and put the, the stuff into your refrigerator. <laughs> and um, I was thinking when I was, you know, thinking about healthcare and all this other stuff and Best Buy competing against Amazon with uh, the Geek Squad and things like that. What do you think about the realm of going into the home and home services? And is that a growth area for the future? Or is that, you think we're going to see that kind of thing going forward? Retail um, come to your home rather than yeah, you go to the yeah, store? It's- it, well, the, it, uh, there's there's retail coming to your home, which is um, a little bit of an expensive way to ultimately execute retail. Um, there are certain use cases where it makes a ton of sense, um, particularly in dense urban areas where um, a lot of carriers right now have really high redelivery rates, like they don't want to leave the package outside. So almost like what I'm hearing is 20% of the time they have to come back and, and redeliver it, which is really expensive for them. So that in-home retail model can make sense. Um, now, what you're also talking about is services, right. and um, that is, you know, kind of we come to you and, you know, kind of we we do things for you. And um, the technology piece of that is really, really interesting um, The uh, when we're doing technology-related services, which will only continue to grow and, um, you know, become more complicated as, as, you know, kind of the 
um, as more devices um, come out. Um, my question is, I don't know how much room there is for that many more companies. Um, I don't know that this is a space that is going to be necessarily a $100 billion space. I mean, when you look at consumer electronics, all of um, CE, I believe, is like 90 to $100 billion. Um, so the services around that, you know, I mean, it may be, you know, 10 to $20 billion. Um, you know, it's a sizable number, but I, you know, but I think it's always going to be ancillary to, um, you know, to the core CE product business. Hmm. Wow, such interesting things. We'd love to have you on the phone. Sucharicha Kudali, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Well, thank you so much for having me. I always love coming on. Yeah, it was great to have you. We hope you'll come back again. And if you're Anytime. interested in keeping up with Sucharicha, head to Forrester.com or follow her on Twitter at S-M-U-L-P-U-R-U. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.